Hi, everyone. Welcome today to the Column for Christ podcast. As you can tell, I'm not your usual host. My name is Heaven. If you don't know me, um, I get the privilege of being here today with Crystal um, and being on her show and hosting her. So I'm super excited. Um, Crystal and I have known each other for a couple of years now. Um, I would say even prior, probably prior to us coming here to Kansas. Um, And ever since knowing her, I can tell you that she is 100% a woman who loves the Lord and um, can definitely attest to the Lord's faithfulness in her life. Um, So I'm super excited to um, get to be able to converse with you today, Crystal. I'm um, very much looking forward to um, hearing this part of your story because I don't think I've heard it before. Um, But without further ado, I also want to address that Crystal and I are by no means specialists, doctors at all. all. So take everything with a grain of salt. Um, Yeah. So with that said, let's just dive right in. Let's do it. (laughs) Hey, Crystal. Hey. (laughs) How are you feeling on that side of the table? Yeah. I know you're usually on this side. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm okay. I think I'm a little nervous just because Mm -hmm. I've never really spoken out about uh, my experience in detail before. And so um, two weeks ago, I actually taught a lesson that helped me really um, reconcile everything. So Mm -hmm. God's definitely prepared me for uh, today's episode. Yeah, Mm -hmm. awesome. Well, um, before we dive right in, I just want to thank you for, first of all, inviting me on your show. Mm -hmm. And also, secondly, just being transparent and wanting to share your story with others who might be kind of walking through similar situations. Cool. Um, So with any conversation over this topic, I feel like one of the first things that we have to do is kind of address what a mental illness is. Um, I know there are a lot of different thoughts on it today, but in your words or what do you have that Mm. is a mental illness? Yeah. um, So I actually borrowed the definition from NAMI which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And they Mm -hmm. define a mental illness as a condition that affects a person's thinking, feeling, or behavior. Um, Such conditions may affect someone's ability to relate to others and function each day. So a mental illness that a lot of us um, hear about would be anxiety disorder, Mm -hmm. depression, the uh, depersonalization, bipolar disorder, autism, and even ADHD, which I did not know that that was a mental illness. So Mm -hmm. that was something definitely new to me. Right. Yes. And for myself as well. So in your, in your own words, what are those differences between like a panic attack Mm -hmm. and anxiety or depression? Yeah. So a panic attack is something that happens all of a sudden. You don't have a warning of when it's going to come. It just comes at you like a heart attack. Right. And it feels almost like a heart attack too. Mm -hmm. So, um, out of nowhere, you would have an, an intense amount of fear overcome you, and that's like your emotional sense, right? But right. then your physical sense would be you, you'd, you would sweat, you would have rapid pulse, you would have a racing heart, you begin to feel lightheaded and very faint, very similar to a heart attack, except mm-hmm. um, you're physically not going to be impacted by it. Um, so unlike a panic attack that comes suddenly, Anxiety is a feeling or worry or fear that um, takes time. So you have a panic attack that comes suddenly. You have a, an anxiety, um, anxiety disorder or anxiety that comes over time uh, from stress. That mm-hmm. may come from something minor, then it gradually grows. So um, 
we all experience anxiety or we all experience being anxious and that's a normal emotion for us humans and that's something that we definitely should not dismiss but we definitely don't want to associate anxiety disorder and anxiety with feeling anxious right Mm -hmm. just because your heart is beating really quickly before you go uh, present doesn't mean that you have anxiety disorder Mm -hmm. it just means that you are nervous and you're anxious Mm -hmm. at that time we don't want to um, draw that we want to draw that line so that we can be sensitive to other folks who may be severely struggling with anxiety disorder i wouldn't like i wouldn't eat a whole bunch of sugar and say i have diabetes and totally dismiss someone beside me who may be uh, struggling with diabetes and you know fighting for their life um so moving down to uh depression it is a common Mm -hmm. you know pretty common in america um, and it is a serious mental illness as well that makes you uh think and feel and act negatively upon yourself. So this illness causes deep feelings of sadness, of worthlessness, of hopelessness, um, and it is very excessive. You begin to lose your passion, you begin to lose your appetite even, it changes. Um, You may either sleep too much or Mm -hmm. sleep too little. In some cases, depression leads to um, people taking their life and people, you know, committing suicide. So again, it's very common for people to feel sad normal emotion we all feel sad every now and then Um, but if it is more than two weeks and we can tend to come to conclusion that this is depression that i'm feeling but uh, we want to again draw that line to make sure that we are not um that we are being sensitive to other people who are going through depression Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then um another one i have too is depersonalization i mentioned that earlier Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason why I mentioned it is because I'm going to talk about it in my season and my experience. Yeah. But depersonalization is, um, it's kind of strange, but it's where an individual feels completely out of control and out of their body as if they're having an outer body um, experience. And they're just on autopilot and they have no control over what's going on. And one thing, one way that I like to explain it as, um, like when I was going through it, I felt like I didn't exist and that I just knew how to act human, mm-hmm. right? So that's how, um, that's where this depersonalization is um, from a mental illness standpoint. Wow, Wow, thank you for sharing those things. I feel like for a person who's never really walked through these things myself, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have known otherwise, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So thank you so much for sharing those things. Uh Um, I know there can be so many different misconceptions out there about Mm -hmm. um, mental illnesses. Will you share just a few with us? Yeah, definitely. There's a big misconception right now between um, what mental illness is and what mental health is. A lot of times they're used synonymously, uh, but they're really two dimensions that has to really be understood if we want to tackle um, preventing people to have mental illness, if that made Mm -hmm. sense. But uh, with that said, mental illness and mental health Uh, Think about it as our physical health, right? So with Mm -hmm. our physical health, we keep up with it by eating healthy, being on diets like Whole30, keto, um, caveman, uh, or being on a caveman diet. Or we keep up with it by exercising, by portioning our food, by meal planning, and all of that. And that is to prevent us to, um, to have a physical illness such as diabetes, heart disease, high blood pressure, those kind of things. So Mm -hmm. whenever you look at it, from a mental standpoint, mental health is sustaining our uh, the health of us mentally. So we can talk about how we can meditate more, we can mm-hmm. be still more often, we can just take time to breathe 
and take three seconds to think about things we're grateful for. And that those are things that, um, that can help you with your mental health. And from there, it can prevent you from uh, acquiring mental illnesses such as depression and anxiety and depersonalization and panic attacks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, mental illness is any range of medical condition that is marked primarily by sufficient disorganization of one's personality, mind, or emotions, and it is associated with a disruption in normal thinking or feeling and behavior. Um, and so I already talked about men- mental health a little bit, but again, it's about sustaining what you already have that is good, mm-hmm. if that made sense, mm-hmm. having that control yeah, over your mind. For sure. Um, so in the same manner with uh, poor mental health, it can lead to poor mental illness. And I think that's definitely what happened to me where mm-hmm. I just totally um, let go of taking care of myself mentally. Yeah. And it really brought me to a point where I was no longer healthy in my mind. And therefore, I acquired the illnesses that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Okay, so just kind of piggyback, piggybacking mm-hmm. off of that, um, I know you mentioned many times too um, that you have walked through a season like this, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Um, will you kind of just share with us what that was kind of like for you? Like yeah. how long did that season last? Mm-hmm. Like are you still in it? Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, like on a day-to-day basis, what did that really look like for you? Yeah, definitely. Um So the season of my suffering, the woes of mental illness, it began November of 2017. Mm -hmm. So a couple months after I got married uh, with Jay, it was nothing that Jay did. So it was not because of him. It was really uh, because of me and what I did, what I said earlier about not taking myself, taking care of myself mentally and not spending time meditating and being still. And so um, anyways, I experienced three types of illnesses that I mentioned in the beginning, uh, depression, anxiety, depersonalization, all in which caused many panic, panic attacks. And so, um, and, and so let's begin in November of 2017 where I became stressed. And uh, I, was very, I was very stressed because of some financial situations I was going through. I was going to be the caretaker of our family because Jay was going through his physical therapy. Uh, therapy clinicals, which would mean that he could, he couldn't work because he had to be at clinicals eight hours a day, four or five days a week. Mm-hmm. And so I was really stressed about that. Uh, and then came 2018 and my stress developed into depression and I became to feel sad and I became uh, just anxious all the time. And I was always having knee-jerk reactions to everything mm-hmm. around me. And I felt helpless for some reason and hopeless. And I became easily triggered by really the smallest things. And I was often uh, tired and I didn't have a desire to eat much anymore. So my, during that time, my mom actually complimented me a lot more, telling mm-hmm. me I got skinnier. And I was like, yeah, great, you know. And so um, really, I thought I was just going through the motions like, oh, here's another you know, another week or another month that I'm just sad. I just need to get over it. You know, I didn't really think anything about it, but uh, really during that time from like November 2017 through like the beginning of 2018, mm-hmm. I cried a lot more than I usually do because I'm, I'm a sensitive child, but but I cried a lot, uh, definitely in bed and Jay would comfort me. Mm-hmm. He didn't know why I was crying. I didn't know why I was crying. I was just crying a lot. And I just felt really in despair, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but as fast as depression came, so did anxiety. Yeah. So anxiety came over me super quick. It was like a rush of wind, right? Uh, before I knew it, it hit me pretty hard. And 
it was just a feeling of intense fear. So for anxiety, for people who've never experienced it, take that one scary movie that you watched mm -hmm. and that fear that you feel and times that by 10. Yeah. So you feel that 24 seven and typically people who have anxiety, they feel fear 24 seven from morning to day to night to even when they're in bed trying to sleep, which is why people who have anxiety become restless because they're unable to sleep. Mm -hmm. um, so from that time, I began to be very fearful of, her, of mm -hmm. everything around me. I became um, very uh, like, I don't know what you call it, like, like, uh, you know, people come behind you for no reason. You're like, yeah. what do you call that? <laughs> That like one? you're just like really reactive um, to everything and you think that you're always like going your to senses are heightened kind yeah of yeah my senses are height they were heightened for that amount of time and every time someone came behind me or in front of me or like i didn't see them, or I, even paranoid? yeah yeah i was very paranoid as well too because of that fear that overcame me mm. and so i was really unable to stay calm and my mm. my heart felt tight all the time like someone was grabbing mm. it and i i really felt like i was no longer inside of myself and that's mm -hmm. when depersonalization came along. Um, and during this time, uh, most people who haven't experienced this, I really felt like there was no reality mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to describe it, but I often felt very detached from my body. Yeah. Um, I was unable to grasp the reality of everything going on around me. And it was like I was an autopilot and I was observing my own body all the time. And um, physically I was there, but cognitively I just, I couldn't even do the work in front mm -hmm. of me when I was at work. And the only thing I could focus on was my fear. The only thing I could focus yeah. on was how do I get back into myself? How do I get back into my body? And so, um, like I said earlier, I felt like I did not, I felt like I did not exist. I felt yeah. like I was just imitating the ads of a human um, with only a dim corner of my mind mm -hmm. functioning. So it was like, imagine just complete like blank and darkness in your mind and you have this little light and this is you but you have no way to get to the other right, side of it right. so it, it was a really weird time in my life and so that was from uh from like january all the way to like april where i experienced depression anxiety and depersonalization mm -hmm. all together mm -hmm. at once it just came like one after another right. and i'm like why is this <laughs> happening um, and so I thought I had experienced the worst of it all whenever depersonalization came. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, it was a very, I was in a very dark place in my life. I lost a lot of weight. I became very fatigued um, and I was very detached from myself and, and I made excuses to not go out. And I just stopped doing the things I was passionate about. And almost every day from like, I don't know, November to like April, I cried going to work. Or I cried coming back home from work because mm -hmm. I didn't want Jay to know what I was going through. Mm -hmm. And I'll talk a little bit more of why I didn't mm -hmm. want to tell Jay later. But yeah, I so like I would sit in the car. I knew like he would get home before me. And so I would know I, I knew that and I would stay in the car and I would mm -hmm. cry until I was done. Then I would like wipe my eyes and I would go in and he would be like, hey, I'd be like, hey, what's up? You know, and go straight to the bathroom and put yeah. cold water in my eyes, mm -hmm. you know, so he wouldn't know. Yeah. But and it was, I really thought that I was going through everything that I possibly could. And I was like, man, I'm like Job right now. And then in late May of 2018, I experienced like my first of three major panic attacks. And I kid you not, I thought I was going to die that night. Um, I remember it, remember it so well because I thought I was going to die. Mm -hmm. But um, it was definitely the cherry on top of 
cherry on top for me where I remember, um, remember whenever I asked you to think about your scary movie and times up by 10, yeah. you feel that 24 yeah. seven with anxiety. Well, you times that fear by 100. Mm -hmm. Like think about the scariest with, with thing. Anxiety. Yeah, with anxiety it's times 10, but with this it's like times 100, like yeah. out of nowhere, a cloud of fear just comes. Mm -hmm. And I still remember that moment um, where I, I sat myself up in bed because I knew something was like up. Yeah. And everything was tunneling in and I kept my eyes open because I was afraid if I closed it, then I would die. And so my heart was beating super fast and I felt it and I heard it. I'm like, wow, like yeah. I've never heard my heart, like heart beat this fast mm -hmm. before. And I thought I was having a heart attack and I was trembling and I couldn't breathe and I had chills all over my body, but I was sweating like really yeah. bad at the same time. And then after all of those dramatic physical symptoms um, passed away, then a tightness came over my chest and my stomach turned inside out and I thought I was gonna puke, but then I didn't. Um, and then out of nowhere, I began to feel even more detached. So that little dim light just like started getting dimmer and dimmer. Yeah. And I'm like, this is it. I'm either gonna die or I'm gonna get possessed. One of those, you know, <laughs> like one of those. Yeah, and yeah. so um, before I knew it, I became lightheaded and then it was over. And I felt like forever, but it only lasted about three minutes. Yeah. And I say three minutes because I woke up because Jay woke up to take Hazel, my dog, to go oh. pee. And it usually takes about three minutes for them mm -hmm. to go. And so actually when I heard Jay come back that um, after those three minutes, mm -hmm. I heard him shut the door and I quickly turned around in my bed and I lay down on my pillow that night and um, I turned away from him and he thought I was still sleeping. He never you know, thought of anything. He was like, oh, Crystal was asleep when I left and she's still asleep now. And so anyways, mm -hmm. I turned around that night and I was really thinking about ending my life. Where I, I remember saying to myself as I laid in bed, um, God, I can't handle this anymore. If I have to go through this for the rest of my life, I'm not going to do it. Because mm -hmm. um, I didn't want another panic attack. I didn't want to go through not feeling like I'm not even in myself. Mm -hmm. And just hopeless and worthless and, and the fear that I felt every day, every night. And I, I was so restless. I barely had sleep for those like, I don't know, six, seven months. And so anyways, uh, that night I thought about two ways to take my life, to escape the depression, to escape the anxiety, to uh, escape another panic attack that I thought I would have to experience. So mm -hmm. I envisioned two possible ways that night and I laid in bed, remember, I like remember I was crying so hard in bed and, uh, and like my, my whole side of the face was wet and my hair was wet because I cried so hard. Yeah. And then I told my friend, I was telling another friend that and she was like, how did Jay not hear you? And I was like, girl, I practiced for six months, you know, crying <laughs> oh, silently, you know, yeah. in bed, you know, yeah. after every night of just feeling that I would cry and he wouldn't know what was going on. And I was just like, you have to breathe like, like this instead of, you know, mm, whenever yeah. you cry really hard, you have to just take a deep breath. And they just think that you're like yawning or they think that you're yawn or they think you're like snoring, but not really, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that night it was it was really rough for me, and yeah. Um, yeah, I I thought about you know I'm not gonna say what two ways you know maybe I'll tell you afterwards I don't know but I I thought about two ways mm -hmm. and um, and I really was uh, gonna do it the next day and then something just happened that night mm -hmm. that just really turned me around. Yeah. So, well, I'm excited to get to that point. Um, to me, it almost sounds like you know like. I feel like people on the outside, they look at, you know, what this is and they mm -hmm. see um, 
just that end point right there, you mm -hmm. know, like that climax portion, right? But we know it all started somewhere, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like, it doesn't just automatically get to that point where you're ready for this thing to happen or you're, you know, at the, what seems like the end of it. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. So it had to start from somewhere, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I, um, I'm thankful that you kind of shared your story with us um, for us to kind of see that it wasn't just this is it, this end point, right, where mm -hmm. I, like, I don't want this anymore, but it was, hey, it started from somewhere, and it's gradually got to somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I'm excited to go a little further in just to hear your story, but um, when did you come to realize that this was, like, your reality, that, mm -hmm. like, that it wasn't just in your head, that mm -hmm. it was actually a reality? Mm-hmm. Um, so thankfully, my workplace, they hosted a Anxiety 101 workshop um, around the same time that I was, you know, planning to take my life or like it was like that week I thought about it, actually, the week where I was like, I'm going to take my life. Mm -hmm. um, so I went to Anxiety 101 and there I found out that, wow, I'm mentally ill. You know, mm -hmm. like I am struggling with anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so I went back to my desk and I Googled everything. And I'm like, wow, like I'm experiencing like all these different things that I just told you guys about, like depression, anxiety, depersonalization and panic attacks that I never thought that I would experience as a Christian. So mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I'm a Christian. We don't experience that, you know, because that's just not who we are. We're full of joy. If we have faith, faith dries out fear. Perfect yeah. love dries out fear, you know? And so I'm like, I'm not going to experience that. So the latter part of that is because that's what I believed, I was like, this has to be spiritual. This has to be de demonic. Like everything I'm, I'm experiencing, it's because the devil wants me. I'm going to be possessed. And and that's actually why um, I I didn't want to. That's, that's actually why I didn't want to share with anybody why I didn't tell Jay what was going on in my life, you know? And, and so anyways, when I finally came to realization what was happening to me mentally, um, I definitely rejoiced and I thanked my workplace and I thanked Cerner actually for hosting that Anxiety 101 class. Um, and so I actually wrote it in my journal the, the day that I found out I was mm -hmm. suffering mentally on May 13th, 2018. I wrote, Father, I have been struggling still, though the fear and anxiety is no longer as strong. My chest is still heavy. Father, I have learned that I'm going through anxiety and that I am depressed. My heart is weak. My body is weak. Give me strength. Give me faith to trust in you fully. Mm. And so that was one of the many entries that I had, you know, that I wrote, mm. you know, during those that tenure of my mm -hmm. struggling season. Yeah. Wow. I love that you journaled because I feel like there are so many benefits journaling mm -hmm. um but in that kind of season season of your life did you feel like you could tell people these things mm -hmm. um you know like instead of journaling did you feel like you could go to people mm -hmm. um and you know like why or why not mm -hmm. yeah definitely so I I really felt at the time before I knew that I was struggling like with mental illness mm -hmm. that I I was gonna be possessed and I like my first panic attack I was like oh my gosh I'm going to be possessed like this is it because before that um all these lies are being put into my head that year all these lies were just put in my head um where the devil told me that I was his child and I was never saved and I was never meant for salvation and I should just take my life and I'm not worth it and so I thought that oh this is a demonic experience and being de demonically harassed and um, and I don't want to tell anyone because 
what if I am really possessed because I can't even control my body, you know, and I have to go through exorcism. I don't want to do that. That's embarrassing. That's shameful for someone who claimed to be a Christian for all these years. And so I was afraid to tell Jay, you know, mm -hmm. so I didn't tell him. So I went through all of the bawling, um, bawling quietly, bawling in the car. I went through like everything I went through without telling him because of the shame of what if I'm possessed, you know? But then after I learned what it really was, you know, I was I had no shame at all. I was like, wow, this is it. Praise God. I'm mentally ill. Yes, mm. you know? And so I was, that that day when I came back from work, I was like, Jay, I have to tell you something. He's like, what's up? And, I, and then I told him, I was like, hey, like I'm really struggling with depression and I have like anxiety. And, and I actually had a panic attack like three nights ago. And he was like, that happened and like I, I didn't even know and he felt bad because he was like I'm your husband and I, you've been I've been living with you for all these months and I didn't even know but I, I um, reassured him that it wasn't his fault because I did really good I felt like you know keeping it as a secret mm -hmm. and so um yeah no one knew and and you know I don't blame anyone it's no one's fault for not reaching out to me because I concealed my illness um and so I you know, to the point where I stayed in the shower longer so I can cry longer, you know, to myself. Yeah. And I cried in cold waters. So my eyes wouldn't be puffy. And so, honestly, I felt mm -hmm. like I couldn't reach out just because of what I thought I was experiencing. But yeah. whenever the truth, I learned the truth, it really did set me free to tell people. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, yeah, I had no problem mm -hmm. after that telling, you know, my friends. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. You know, it's not always easy to come out with like the truth of what you're going through mm -hmm. um especially when um you feel like it's not exactly a great thing mm -hmm. um or an easy thing to just tell people mm -hmm. um so in terms of um telling people right and walking with people who are perhaps going through the same thing um I feel like a lot of times if they are going through that right if they're walking through that um, it feels like they're walking straight into the darkness and they have no sight of hope um, before them. And I know that can be really difficult, right? Um, mm -hmm. And I just want to be careful about saying these things, right? Because I, again, I feel like I've not been in a place where I can even begin talking about these things because mm -hmm. I have not walked through them. But mm -hmm. um, in light of that, I feel like um, it is it is so hard for people who are, in it to see that hope right mm -hmm. and to think that this is there is more to this mm -hmm. right there's more to my life than what looks what it looks like now does that yeah, make sense it does and it it definitely was so hard for me and if if the holy spirit had not led me to study the uh study the four gospels mm -hmm. back in november of 2017 and if it wasn't for like truly his truth then i would have taken my life and you know, mm -hmm. earlier when I was, you know, sharing my story, yeah. I said that I didn't take my life that next day because of, you know, what was revealed to me. And what re was revealed to me was God's word and his affirmation of who I was, you know, and what he's called me to be. And if it wasn't truly for God, like I would not have that hope that mm -hmm. you're talking about. I would mm -hmm. still see myself in this really dim corner and say, there's, I'm, I don't even exist, mm -hmm. you know. So what's the point of being physically what's the point of physically existing if I don't exist you know because and I can really sympathize with people who has taken their life because whenever you're going through this you really don't feel like you exist like for me I really just 
it's so weird and it's so strange. Like, it's hard to try to put it to words, but whenever you feel like you don't already exist, then what's the point of physically existing? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what I was feeling like at that time. Mm-hmm. And so, again, like God's truth came over me and he was like, no, Crystal, like I called you to exist for mm-hmm. my kingdom, for my calling. You're not done yet. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just finding that hope and, yeah. and fighting for joy and, and allowing the Holy Spirit to fight for me as mm-hmm. well. Wow. So many times, right, when it comes to walking with people who are walking through this currently, right, I feel like a lot of times what they see is darkness and darkness and darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to search for an ounce of hope, right, just seems almost impossible, right? Kind of like what you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's such a hard thing to be walking in the midst of this, yet still being a person who loves the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. a person who walks closely with the Lord, but not really quite understanding what's going on right now, right? Um, chances are we know um, a friend or a sister or, you know, anybody, a friend of a friend, right, who is going through this. But um, I feel like a lot of what we hear is like, hey, just stop thinking about it or um, hey, you, you're overthinking, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Or even like you need to trust in Jesus more. I feel like I feel like I hear that one a lot. But yeah. um, what is your advice though for mm-hmm. someone who knows someone who's walking through it but hasn't really personally gone through it? And how do they begin to um, walk, intentionally walk with someone who's mm-hmm. going through that? Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, it does. Um we definitely want to approach our friend who is struggling in a manner of how God created them. So God created us to be body, soul, and spirit, you know, trichotomy, dichotomy, whatever doctrinal belief you fall on. But either way, we were created to have a body, a soul, a spirit, and whatnot. And we have to know that whenever it's happening to us physically and mentally, there's all these other aspects that come into play that needs to be nurtured as well. So for example, whenever I was going through depression, I physically, you know, emotionally, I was depressed, I was hopeless, I was, you know, sad all the time. But then physically, I was losing weight and I wasn't eating. You know, that's me being affected um, physically. And then spiritually, I was going through you know, a, a warfare of, am I really saved? And just, you know, trying to fight um, back with, uh, you know, the shield of faith as much as I can, the sword of truth as much as I can. So there's these things that's happening. And I think whenever we approach our friend, we have to know that the reality is we need to uh, go and fight alongside with our friend physically, you know, mentally and spiritually and all those different things and really take care of them. So you can see that like practically, for example, like physically, if, um, if, you know that your friend is suffering and if you want to walk with them then ask them if they've had any sleep ask them if um, they would like for you to go over and just stay with them so that they can nap mm-hmm. because I know in my anxiety I couldn't sleep because I had constant fear I wouldn't sleep unless Jay was touching me you know like we're in the same bed but he had to like just touch me so that I knew that he was there or I would go closer to him like just my back a little bit touch a little bit of it to touch him mm-hmm. Um, and so like physically we can offer up, you know, our physical bodies to Mm -hmm. be with them so they don't fear, feel that fear. Um, we can also help 
you know, cook food for them or be with them to make sure that they eat or be with them to make sure that they don't eat too much, you know, whatever they're struggling with. And then, you know, going at it from like a soul uh, caring wise, you know, ask them and know what passions they have so you can take them out um, and and enjoy their passions with them. You know that they like to go um, eat or, or you know that they like to go fix cars or you know that they mm-hmm. go, like to go play volleyball. Take them to go do those things that they love so that they're not in darkness so that they can see that there is some kind of hope. And then on the spiritual side, and I can't stress this enough, but, you know, just don't tell your friend that you're going to pray for them and then walk away. And don't just tell your friend that they need to trust God more or have faith more and then walk away. Because that's like the least amount of help that we can do for them. Because, you know, um, if I consistently had someone telling me that while I was going through that, then my calculation in my head would be, um, Faith plus God equals no fear. And if I don't have it, then I don't matter, right? And a lot of times, um, trusting God, many times, trusting God is not the medicine. I felt like the more I trusted God, the harder the situation got, the harder the trial got. And a lot of times that is, you know, what it is. And so instead of saying, I'll pray for you and walk away, trust God and walk away, walk with them, right? Walk into the storm with them, carry their burden with them. Pray for them out loud because it is encouraging, you know, for us to hear other, if it's already encouraging for us to hear other people pray for us out loud, how much more encouraging is it to hear someone pray for us when whenever we are in our darkest pits? Um, And then definitely read the word of God with them. Um, If it weren't for the Holy Spirit leading me to read the gospels, then I wouldn't be here today. But because he did lead me and because Jay did, um, because Jay was present in my suffering and present in reading the word of God with me, you know, it, it definitely uplifted me a lot more. So mm-hmm. like, for example, if you have a friend who's going through that, and you know, she is just invite her over and read the word of God with her. Even if it's just, you know, two Bible verses, three Bible verses, whatever it is, God's going to use it to soften their heart. God's going to use it to speak truth into their life whenever they're um, thinking about doing something that, you know, that, is taking their life or whatever it is. And so anyways, just to summarize everything, trichotomy, dichotomy, however God made us and his image, we are to help our friend or help our loved one, um, help nurture them and all those three different aspects because we can handle it physically, but it's, it's only we're it's only the vessel, but you know, we have to handle what's really inside as mm-hmm. well. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, all at the same time, um, and this just isn't for the friend who's wanting to help, but for everybody who's suffering, who is the sufferer and who is the, you know, observer, um, that we live in a broken world. We live in a sinful world and there's going to be suffering. Suffering is the reality of sin, is the reality of why we need Jesus Christ in our life. Um, and is the reason why he died on the cross for us, you know, is the reason why he had so much compassion on the people that he ministered out to because he saw that suffering. So in our Christian life, it's not our job to eliminate suffering. That's God's job, right? It is our job to learn how to respond faithfully, whether we are going through it or whether our friend is going through mm-hmm. it. How are you going to faithfully um, respond to it with your friend? How is yeah. there, How are you going to help your friend do that? Um, so when your family, your friend comes to you in regard to mental illness, you know, help them remember, remember that suffering is the reality of this mm-hmm. world. But instead of viewing it as a negative reality, view it as an a positive reality mm-hmm. that 
Um, it is essential for our faith and is essential for our growth and our glorification. Yeah. And here I have uh, 2 Corinthians 4.12. And this is one of the verses that um, definitely helped me. Um, I bounced around from the gospel to like different, you know, books of the Bible that mm -hmm. helped me um, during my season. But this is what it reads. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And this is truly an important part of walking with someone to read scripture with them that they may not want to perish, but to remain um, you know, steadfast in Christ. Um, and I think that this piece is so important for us Christian brothers and sisters that when we recognize someone's suffering, we give them the truth, not just the Bible, but like verbally mm -hmm. be with them mm -hmm. and give it to them. Mm -hmm. um, so when I was going through my thoughts of suicide and I had told God that night that I can't handle this anymore, the Holy Spirit said to me, using Matthew, you know, chapter 10, verse 31, you know, fear not, you are worth more mm -hmm. than many sparrows. And if it weren't for that and many other verses, you know, it, it would have been, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I love what you said because I feel like it's not when we realize these things, right, that we begin to walk with them mm -hmm. and we begin to, you know, do life with them, right? I feel like this is something that God has called us to do from the beginning, right, mm -hmm. that we are to walk with one another. Um, and I like how you, like how you wired and wrapped around that. Um can you, in light of what you've told us today or shared with us, can you share um, what someone has done for you um, that either brought comfort in the midst of, you know, what you were walking through? Um, and, uh, you know, did they, did that show that they believed for you, you know, like yeah. walking through this? And again, like what we were mentioning, like looking for that ounce of hope in the midst of darkness, mm -hmm. what did they do? Yeah, what my... Or she? Yeah. <laughs> and so I have two, uh, two people that mm -hmm. um, gave me a large amount of um, ounce of hope. And one <laughs> of them was the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And he was the one who walked with me through the fire, through the wa rushing waters and through the storm before I even told anyone about what I was going through. And I never thought that I would be able to experience the Holy Spirit the way that Jesus said we would as our counselor, as our comforter, you know, as our helper. And he truly was um, in the, you know, in those many nights where the devil was speaking lies to me, he spoke truth to me in the words that I read. And I was, you know, I went to sleep and fear a lot. But then the moment I fell asleep, um, I just felt overwhelming peace and joy overcoming and just his protection over me. Um, and so, uh, he definitely was the one who enlightened me with heavenly thoughts and with, you know, biblical thoughts and reassured me in my salvation. Um, and it was only him that could do that. You know, it was yeah. only him that could speak to my heart because he knew where I was at mm -hmm. that moment. Um, and the second person being my husband, Jay, um, he definitely was the one who, walked with me as best as he could whenever mm -hmm. I told him that I was going through it. Finally, you know, after like, I don't know, June or May when I told, June, May or June when mm -hmm. I told him, and it was May when I told him, um, and he, he definitely became more patient with my knee-jerk reactions 
and he began to be present in my suffering mm -hmm. and he would pray for me out loud and he would read the word of God, not with me, but beside me knowing that, um, that I'm not alone. And yeah. so just with him walking beside me, it really helped me to know that, hey, like I'm not to carry this burden alone. I'm to carry it with my husband, my brother in Christ, my community that God's given me. Mm -hmm. um, and so with Jay doing that, it definitely gave me more courage to share with my friends. And after that, my other two friends, or my sister and my other friend I shared with, um, I told them for the first time and they're like, wow, like I didn't know, you know? And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, when that one person really shows you that they care about you and will be there for you, then you begin to realize that I don't have to be alone. And you, you have that courage to share. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I think because as Christians, we fail to just say, we fail and we say, trust in God, I'll pray for you, walk away. Mm -hmm. Then I think that's why a lot of people feel like they don't have anyone to go to because yeah. we do that. You know, we shut them out unintentionally, you know. Wow. Um, hey, thanks so much for sharing your story. I know that it's not easy, um, but I commend you so much for sharing that because I know you were just mentioning that you like just told, right? Like two weeks ago or something? Yeah, two weeks ago, <laughs> I had to teach a lesson to, um, no, I had to, sorry. Um, I prepared a lesson for the Nache group uh -huh. and the lesson title that they wanted me to teach was Perseverance for the Purpose of Godliness. Right. And I was like, I'm going to teach on Romans. And I'm going to teach how Paul was suffering, but how he overcame it. And then like when I was preparing it, um, you know, that still small voice like, Oh, you're going to teach about your suffering. And I was mm. like, oh, okay, fine. You know, and so it was definitely an eye-opener because before I taught that lesson, or sorry, after I taught that lesson, mm. I realized that I never reconciled with what happened to me um, and mm. that I knew that I was still going through it. Yeah. You know, that I I knew, that, and this is like, you asked me this, but I'm, I'm going to finally answer it now. But yeah. guys, I'm still mentally ill. <laughs> but <laughs> in, in all seriousness, you know, yeah. I, I still have like random triggers out of nowhere. I would have like an anxiety attack yeah. or out of nowhere. I would have like this deep feeling of fear. It's not a panic attack, but out of nowhere, I'll feel like really afraid or like for out of nowhere for a couple of days, like with no warning at all, I'll suddenly feel like I'm out of it. Like mm -hmm. I have like, like I don't exist anymore, you know, like I'm just totally out, out of it. I'm in this like dark room and like dim lit on me, like out of nowhere. And so I'm still struggling through that. Um, I wouldn't say struggling, but I'm still working through that and exercising it. And I'm taking a lot more time to care for my <coughs> mental health and work towards um, uh, a faithful response mm -hmm. to build new neural pathways on how to respond to when my mind takes me to a place yeah. that I don't want to be. So mm. it's definitely getting better. But yeah. Um, but yeah, anyways, going back to, you know, two weeks ago, I was able to share it and I reconciled finally with all my feelings. And I'm here able to talk about it today without crying because I probably yeah. would have cried if yeah. I didn't talk about it two weeks prior. So. Yeah, well, thanks so much for sharing your story with um, transparency today. Um, again, I know it's not easy to do that, so I want to just thank you and commend you for wanting to come out like to the world with your story and wanting to share that um, piece, right? Um, is there um, anything else that you want to leave your listeners with? Yeah, first and foremost, I just want to say that I know and understand that the road that you guys are walking right now, if you're suffering, that you're walking right now is um, not easy. 
and that you're going to go through very dark moments in your life and you're not meant to do it alone. So I want to encourage anyone who's suffering with a mental illness of depression, anxiety, whatever it is, to share it with your friends and family so that they can walk with you um, in your body and your soul and your spirit and help nurture you and restore you. Um, and secondly, for those who have um, just experienced and um, has had a mental illness of depression, anxiety, um, you can always have a relapse. And I still have relapses today, but you know, let your friends and family know what, I encourage you to let them know like what your three passions are. So whenever they notice that you're not doing those three things anymore, they can reach out to you and they can help you get back on your feet. Um, so those are the two things that I wanna leave for those who are suffering and those who have suffered. Thank you so much for tuning in on Column for Christ podcast. Um, I had so much fun today, Crystal. Thank you me so much. Me too. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me to be a host for today's video mm -hmm. and episode. Um, and thank you guys for listening. I too want to leave you guys with the words of Micah to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with God. Bye, thank guys. You. Bye. <laughs>